When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, what's going on, everybody? This is the Talking Tactics Podcast. My name is Daniel. Hello, everyone. It's Carl Anker. How are you? Yeah, we do the podcast every Tuesday. Remember to follow us on Twitter, at Talking Tactics, Facebook, Instagram, all the Talking Tactics. Links are in the description. Um, if you're listening on Spotify, give us a follow. If you're on Apple Podcasts, subscribe. It's free. Leave us a five-star review, and we'll read it on the show. Carl, where can people find you on the internet before we get going? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Anchorman616. Anchorman's for A-N-K-A, and then man, and the number 616. Uh, you can also find me on The Athletic, with my writings covering Manchester United twice a week, and then a general weekly column on the world of football. You can find on The Athletic right now. Those not based in the United Kingdom will also be able to find me on Premier League Productions Television from time to time throughout the Premier League season as well. Uh, I'm also on Wrighty's House podcast, which is Ian Wright's podcast, talking about the great, the good, and the strange about football. That will be going out on the Ringer Podcast Network as well. So, yeah, you can find me in a few places. It used to be like, ah, you could just give me on Twitter, but now it's like, it's a whole thing. <laughs> Yo, have, have we talked since the book dropped publicly? Uh, I don't think so. I What's that been like? Ah, that's a big question. I mean, I'm <laughs> so happy to see the response the book has got uh, for those just tuning in i wrote uh, you are a champion al- alongside marcus rashford um and to anyone that's picked up a copy or, or, or flicked through a, a bookshop i'm forever thankful to you it's been really heartening to see so many children respond so well to this book we, we were number one in a children's book chart in united kingdom for about a month um and then to see the the overwhelming response the book got again after the 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 final of the European Championship as well was amazing. Uh, it's been really great to see so many children read it and say they've taken lessons from it. It's been fantastic to hear parents say, my child normally only ever plays FIFA or doesn't really like reading, but has really enjoyed that book. So that's been incredible. And uh, I just want to say thank you again for Marcus for the opportunity. And uh, here's hopefully, fingers crossed, there's some more in the future. Cool. Messi's leaving Barcelona. It was one of those things where I didn't believe it. The official Barcelona account came out with like some seven-minute tribute. And I was like, oh, you wouldn't do that unless this was like somewhat serious. But then there was still a little bit of doubt in my mind. And I told I told Have Hope earlier, ever since the Super League, I'm having issues with believing big news. Like the news could be real now, but like two or three days later, it could be totally different, right? Everybody joined the Super League. And then, like, 48 hours later, it was canceled. So now I'm just, I'm in this weird space where, like, big news might happen. But still, let's wait. 
maybe this is what they think today, but what will happen tomorrow? Because this seems like way too big of an of a thing. Until yesterday, when like he's crying. Well, people say you know the they were crocodile tears, but it is no. Those are real ones. Those are real ones. (laughs) (laughs) You know what's Uh, funny? I say funny. I mean funny isn't weird. Not funny isn't hilarious. Yeah, I watched that press conference with my partner, who is uh, an Ajax fan. She commented on how I was smiling watching this. And she asked me, Carl, I thought you loved Messi. And I said, no, I said, no, look, look, I think Messi is the best football player on the planet. I think he's probably the greatest football player of all time. I'm not really interested in getting an argument about whether Messi is the greatest football player of all time. He probably is. If you don't think so, that's fine too. Uh, I also said, Messi stopped my team from winning a Champions League once. So therefore, I'm going to laugh at this because I'm small and bitter. I know you have felt the same way regarding your interesting fandom with Chelsea. So I'm sure (laughs) you had some uh, comments about the 2009 Champions League semi-finals when Messi was doing this as well. You see, I don't don't blame Messi for that (laughs) because that that semi-final was a particular thing and it wasn't down to necessarily one player. It was, I, I feel it was a system error. But you know what? The more days and weeks and months and years that pass, I'm trying to let that game go. It's very difficult, but I don't have the same hate in my heart that I might have five years ago when we discussed this. <laughs> but it, it hurts, but it doesn't hurt that badly anymore because I, I flushed Chelsea from my system, man. Like, it's 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 not as deep as it once was. But yes. Oh, yeah? You hand in your gun and badge? Kind of, yeah. Like, we, when <laughs> I say that, but when we talk about Lukaku, you're going to hear me get a little bit happy. So uh, it's not completely gone, but just like, um, just the hate that I had for different things, I'm trying to let it go. It was a hell of a goal by Iniesta. Come on. Yeah, of course. <laughs> and I, I, I couldn't even enjoy the moment. Imagine being a neutral watching that game. It must have been fantastic. But anyway, he looked blindsided by the whole thing. I felt confused, but imagine being him. And like last year, you didn't want to stay, but you stayed. Now this year, you want to stay, but you have to go. I think like, he always wanted to stay, right? Even though the Brewer facts was basically him going, I don't want to have to do this, but I'm going to have to do this to force you to get your act together. Right. And then what's become apparent throughout the course of 2021 was there was no way Barcelona could get their act together in that season, right? So you had you had the you had the elections where Laporta comes back in, surveys all the damage done by Bartomeu. And then as the season goes on and on and on, it becomes increasingly likely that Laporte's like, I can't fix this. And therefore you have the conversation where you ask Messi, can you take a 50% pay cut? Messi says yes. And then it becomes even more apparent. Well, going by the press conference there, Messi only finds out that week that there is zero chance he can stay. There was a lot of conversation on Sunday saying, if Messi cares so much, if Messi's crying so much, why doesn't he play for free? And then... <laughs> even if he played think- for free, that wouldn't fix it. This is the thing, right? And I'm put this in a in, in lowercase, so not a not not like a big. I'm not going to emphasize. It. That's the small tragedy of the of this, right? So, Laporte makes makes a statement that we are all aware of the salary cap and how salary. Well, there's a salary cap in La Liga. It works in terms of your uh, turnover based on certain things, and such was the ridiculous rate of of Barcelona's recently that their salary cap has been quite stringent this season. So I think they've they've got a they they can have the wage bill that puts them equivalent to Leicester City or Everton this year when in the three previous years previous they've had the largest wage bill on the planet Earth. And Laporte makes this comment about how even when Messi's on the books, when you have Messi's salary, they are their wages to turnover is 110, possibly 115%. 
and even without Messi on the books, uh, their wage to turnover is 95%. Now, and they have to get it down to 60 or 70. They need to they need to get it down to 70. So it's not just Messi that's been told they have to leave. There's also a number of people they need to get off the books. So you saw some of this on a smaller level with Trincao being loaned out to Barcelona, um, being loaned out from Barcelona to Wolves. So I think the small tragedy of Messi right now is Messi very clearly loves Barcelona. And I'm not sure if he means Barcelona as the club or Barcelona the place, but Barcelona. There is a concept of Barcelona that Messi regards as his home, possibly regards as a home more so than anywhere in Argentina, as some you know, people from the national team criticize him for. But he's more Barcelona or Catalan than he's Argentinian, right? And it's that it's almost Wenger esque in that you desperately, desperately love something, but there is nothing you can do. It is out of your control. And I think that's why he's crying. I think the moment that got me a little bit was when he got a standing ovation from those in the assembled audience and he broke down in tears because that was a, you know, Daniel, I know you're a basketball fan. That's a Hall of Fame induction round of applause, right? That was very much a a Jordan or a Rodman or a Larry Bird telling everyone, I love this sport and everyone claps and says, you are fantastic. And then they hang your name for their afters and put yourself in the Hall of Fame. The fact do, you that go to like, do you go to classical <laughs> music concerts ever? I watch, I watch them on YouTube, shall I say. <laughs> When I'm in college, I took this um, music or university, I should say, I took this music appreciation elective. And one of the requirements was we had to go to like a classical music concert at the local symphony. I remember I went and it was the first and only time that I'd ever been to a symphony. And what struck me was like at the very end, even like I'm, I'm a church kid. I grew up in church. So clapping and applause is like a thing. I've never seen anybody clap that long. It was like a standing ovation for like five, six, seven minutes. Just a bunch of old people in tuxedos and dresses clapping. And it made me think maybe like in Europe or places that um, maybe classical music or just that kind of culture is more permeated. Are, are claps like that more common? If something is like really important, you just stand there and clap for a long time? You do in, in the goodbyes. And this was a... That was a goodbye that shouldn't have happened. It felt like a clap at the end of that concert. This is really long. Like, it was almost like yeah. a congratulations, a congratulatory for, like, a, a great performance, you know? Yes, but it in was. This case, but, but, but in this case, for a great career. Yes, and that's the tragedy, that his career isn't over. That this wasn't... It's it's nice that you bring up classical music, because when we talk about Messi, we describe him as him so, some sort of great genius artist on the level of Mozart and whatnot, right? And that was... That was the applause. That was supposed to be the end of the opera or the end of the of the classical piece of classical music. That was supposed to be the end of genius or the end of a legend. Messi's speech, he said, this was not the goodbye he wanted. He wanted a goodbye in a stadium. He wanted a goodbye in front of the Barcelona fans. And the fact that it's happened in a press conference on a Sunday as he's telling them, I have to go and I don't want to go. I am going essentially because of just financial mismanagement from people that have come before me. And that there is absolutely nothing I can do to fix this. That is slightly tragic. And I mean tragic in the in the classical sense, you know, tragic in Achilles not being able to fix his heel, or tragic in the Argo falling on top of a sleeping Jason in old age. Messi's the final chapter of Messi's career should not be a press should not have been a press conference. It's that it's the Jordan thing, you know? When we think of Jordan's retirement, we think of the shot in game six. We don't think of the Washington Wizards. Messi at likely PSG. They may win titles, they may win Champions Leagues, but it's going to be a bit like Jordan 
at the Wizards, or it's going to be a bit like Patrick Ewan, not at the Knicks. No. Like, we will will get to to PSG and why PSG are not the Wizards. I I know what you mean in terms of just the visuals of it. PSG are now on a different level. And PSG on a different level, and that's fine. But it's that thing of you shouldn't shouldn't be be here. Yeah, like this. This in some way, and I know we spent a lot of time on talk of tactics, talking about legacy, and I have very quickly become someone who doesn't care about legacy. But this does feel like a very sharp break with the story Messi was meant to have. Have Messi was meant to do his entire career at Barcelona. He was meant to drop back and play in midfield and play over Xavi and whatnot. He was meant to have heirs in in Neymar or other players like Ansu Fati. Right, everyone had the image of old man gray bearded Messi perhaps one day winning one more Champions League at the age of 36 or whatever and this is all romantic notions and the fact that he is leaving due to financial financial chaos and is possibly going to be joining a club that has its owners and has its own ideals of football and depending on how you view football you know PSG are either romantic in the sense of they're in Paris or they're decidedly unromantic in the case that they are backed by a, a, a Petro state. So the fact that Messi is having to leave what has been painted by many as a very romantic story about spending his entire career at Barcelona to then go to a football club in PSG, is it's a it feels like an undeserved ending. What role have you gathered that the pandemic played in this? From what I understand. The finances in La Liga, in, in more cases than other leagues, especially most people that watch the Premier League might not have a concept of this, but a large percentage of Barcelona's budget comes from gate receipts. They have a 100,000-seat stadium in Camp Nou. To not fill that thing out for the past 18 months with 100,000 paying customers, Bartomeu was irresponsible with their finances, which it, everything points in that direction. However, maybe you could paper over the cracks and solve some of this stuff if there wasn't a global pandemic. I think what's become very apparent, and I've mentioned this here or there and put it in my writing, is that a season and a half, a season and a bit of closed-door football because of COVID has accelerated a number of financial irregularities. It's basically all of the problems that your football club had before the pandemic has bubbled up to the surface. Now, well, I think I've said this before on this podcast that if you are a football club with a 30,000 seater stadium, every time you play a home game behind closed doors, that's basically one million, one and a half million that your club could have earned from ticket gate receipts and whatnot that you are not earning. And if you've got something like a 60,000 seater or a 70,000 seater stadium, you're losing, you know, that's maybe two million. Camp now is 99,000, 99, right? <laughs> like, like, Barcelona's entire thing is the new camp. The new camp is so important to the money-making operation of Barcelona that even when Barcelona don't play football games, the tours that tourists do yep. bring in thousands of pounds, right? So if you've ever, I mean, I've once, I was in Barcelona once on a bank holiday weekend and I had little else to do. So I went, okay, I'll go watch, you know, go look at the Sangre Familia, I'll go do this, I'll go do this, and well, I've got four hours to kill, I'll go check out the new camp and pay this much money. And that's what you do, right? It's it's top five things you can do in Barcelona. Check out the architecture, check out the food and tapas, go out clubbing, go check out the new camp, even if Barcelona aren't playing. 
when you can't do that, when you don't have that consistent supply of money, that's a problem. Now that that's one tiny part. That's one reasonable part of just rank financial chaos, right? Barcelona has been in such a bad, has been so badly run since 2015. Right? There's, I saw a really nice meme about the domino effect where you <laughs> flick one small domino and, and at the end there's the big one. And the first oh, small is, 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 is it that, is it the, it's like an old dude? Yeah. Like yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. And, and the small, do- and the small domino effect is Arda Turan has two good seasons for Atletico Madrid. And the big domino is Barcelona have <laughs> rank financial. I mean, yeah. there are so many. Bad signings Barcelona make. Bad, expensive signings Barcelona have made in the last, I want to say, since 2015. Um, and I, if you pause with it, I can, I, let's get this up on transfer market. And some of these we can, I'll, I'll just say the name and you can tell me if this, if was, this a, was this a hit or a miss or was this All a right. dud or whatnot. So okay. let's, let's go back to, let's go back to Arda Turan's season. So bear in mind, Arda Turan, it, Arda Turan came in 2015, 2016, and Barcelona transfer ban. Remember? Yeah, I remember. Like, he couldn't play for the first six months. He had to wait Barcelona until January had a trans- to register. Barcelona yeah. had a transfer ban because they were already doing bad things in the transfer market, right? There were so many other financial irregularities they had. So this is 2015, 2016. Uh, and just to make this clear, let's find out what Barcelona were doing at the end of that season. I'm pretty sure they won La Liga. The problem begins the season after the treble, right? So the season after the treble, the season after uh, MSN is sensational and wins everything. This is also the first season where Xavi had, has departed. So Barcelona transfer ban. No one can play for Barcelona until January. They go out and they buy Arda Turan for 30 million. Hit or miss? That's a miss. They also buy Alex Vidal from Sevilla, 15 million. Hit or miss? Miss. Okay. Season after that, they go out and get Andre Gomez from Valencia, 30 million. Miss. 33 million. That's they go out and get, they get Paco Alcacer, 27 million. Hit or miss? It's another miss. Yep. They get Samuel Ntiti, 22 million. It's not, a, it's, it's, it's not a hit or a miss. It's mm-hmm. like, lately it's been a miss, but at the time it was a hit. So we'll, we'll, we'll give them credit for that one. They buy Luca Digne for 15 million. Overall miss. Yep. They get Jasper Siskin from Ajax for 11 million. Miss. Dennis Suarez for 3 million. I don't know. So, okay, you can say you don't know. Okay, now we're, now we're really cooking. 2017-18. This, <laughs> this, this is the summer Neymar goes. Yeah, yeah, okay. So, Philip Coutinho, 122 million. Okay, at the time, I understood why he cost that much. Because of the name of mm-hmm. money. But overall, it's a miss. Mm-hmm. It's a uh, miss. Usman Dembele, 111 million. Another one that I understand, and it's harsh to say a miss, but so far, it's been a miss. Paulinho, 36 million. It was a miss. It worked for the season it worked, and then it was a miss. Nelson Semedo, 30 million. Damn. A miss. Isn't he at Wolves now? Yeah. yeah. Uh, Gerard Lefeu, 10 million. De- you said Dale Lefeu? Dale Lefeu. Miss. Yeri Mina, 10 million. Miss. Marlon, 5 who? million. I don't even know who that guy is. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, I know, 18, I 18, 19. Malcolm, 36 million. I feel really bad for him, man. I'm so I'm so angry. They shipped should... him out to they shipped him out to Russia for no reason. It, it was a miss. It was a miss. He was, he just, was it wasn't, it, wasn't it Roma? He he was at Bordeaux. Roma was had Bordeaux. the deal. 
Yeah. And then and they... Barcelona came in and he was like, I can't reject it. But then, you know, then they sent yeah. him to Zenit. Yeah. 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 Clement Clement Langley, 32 million. I mean, that's... He's not good enough. It's a miss. Yeah, it's a miss. It's a miss. It's a miss. Artur from Gremio, 27 million. Miss. They put him in a swap field, thing. didn't they? He should have been a hit. He was absolutely doing fantastic. And then they had to swap to him with Juventus to clear the books because of all the other financial irregularity. Another player, Arturo Vidal, 16 million. For 16, it's a miss. Emerson Royale, 10 million. I think he's still playing, so I am i don't know. Jason Marullo, one million on loan. Did, did you say Jason Derulo? Who, who, who Marillo, did you say? Marillo from Valencia. <laughs> um, we're gonna see, we'll call it a myth. Uh, Kevin but I Prince Boateng no on a short-term loan for about one million. Don't don't ask me that. That was fine. That was fun. He got his chip. I like it when Boateng wins. wins <laughs> after it, after it, uh, Jean-Claire Todibo. I don't know. Paulinho. Again, the end of the loan. So they had to extend. Uh, they had to, it was a okay. loan and they, they made it proper. Uh, and then we go again. Anton Griezmann, 108 million. Okay. You know, he's on like 800. Yeah. Like this is pre-tax, but like 880. Yep. yep. For that money, it's a miss. Yep. For that money and the fact that his best position is on the left, which is where Messi plays. Griezmann, <laughs> Griezmann is the player I'm most interested to see post Messi because Griezmann has the most to benefit yeah, playing wise. Is... If you're playing football manager, or if you're in your football manager and you're currently in charge of Barcelona, your choice now is: do you put Griezmann on the left or do you put Coutinho on the left? And I think if you put Griezmann there, put Braithwaite up front, and then on the right you play Usman Dembele if Dembele mm-hmm. can prove fitness. Dembele and Coutinho have to give way for Fatty if he can. Griezmann run. on left. If you can, and if you can, register one of Memphis or Aguero. Aguero is now apparently injured and out until November. You play him, and then you play someone on the right hand side. That's not a bad front three, right? The squad is not like the squad is not immediately going to fall out of the top four in Spain. Yeah, but also, yeah. they ain't touching Champions League trophies for a little bit. That's gonna hurt. Right, so Anton Griezmann, one hundred and eight million. Frankie right. de Jong, Frankie de Jong, seventy-seven million. That's a hit. That's a hit. I'm, 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 that's a hit. Frankie's a hit. Yep. Neto, twenty-three million. Barcelona have given a lot of money to Valencia. As I've been going through this list, there's a lot of money going to back and forth from Valencia. They must have good conversations. Pedri, oh, okay. for eighteen million. Good. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Martin Braithwaite. Yeah. Sixteen million. That was fine. I mean, the manner in which they got him. True. It's a, it's, a, it's a miss because it's dirty how they did it. Dirty how they did it. Uh, yeah. And Mateus Fernandez, who I don't particularly know, so we can Me say neither. So. neither. Uh, Mark Kurakela, uh, three million. So we don't know. So we've just done all of their transfers, uh, transfer arrivals since fifteen sixteen, the season after the travel. I think I counted four, and some of those are like a bit questionable. Like um, uh, give, give, giving a hit to Umtiti in twenty twenty one is. Is me just wanting to be nice to him. So three absolute <laughs> unquestionable hits and the better part of half a billion spent. Yeah. Yeah, it's not good. And you you bring up the wages, the wages of Griezmann and, and the wages of other players that have been and come. And this is why Barcelona in a situation. And can, can we talk about wages quickly? And yep. maybe this is bad to ask you considering what you do for a living now. Is there ever a situation where you would advise a player to restructure their contract? So, for instance, 
Umtiti, I think, came on in one of the preseason games that Barcelona had, and he was being whistled mm-hmm. because part of the the rhetoric or the story that's going around is the players play Barcelona players in general were asked to take pay cuts to help with the situation, and it's come out or it's being speculated more accurately that Umtiti wasn't willing to deal with a renegotiation of his contract where, where we hear Messi was willing to give half of his money back. People want all the players in the squad to give half their money back as if everybody in the squad is making a million euros a week. Um, and Umtiti has kind of been singled out as a player who is it was was unwilling to negotiate. Whether that's true or not, I don't have the facts. But do you think it's ever fair for a player to give money back to a club? Fair is not the word for it. And I feel as if we had a similar... Acceptable. Com- it, I think every player should be at their moral judgment and I, I don't want to make any comment to anyone. You are an employee, right? Once you, once, no matter what you're doing for a living, the moment you are signed, you get a paycheck for it. That's your job. And that changes the relationship of any, anything. And I think, yes, these people are professional football players. They are living the dream compared to uh, millions of people on this planet. They are also paid a ridiculous amount of money to do that task that most people will not earn in four or five years, if perhaps a lifetime, you know, you know, Messi earns is said to earn a million a week. And I think I'm 30 years of age. I probably haven't earned a million in my lifetime yet. So (laughs) there's things like that to consider. I also think. Can I I get one week of your wages, Messi? Just one week, just one week. What's what's one week to you, Messi? It's it's not that big of a deal. One week. I also think it it should never be on the the responsibility of the employee to take a pay cut to to Either. I don't think it should ever be on the employee to take a pay cut to preserve the employer, right? Barcelona are in this state because Barcelona didn't pay attention to the rules because Barcelona thought we are Barcelona, we are above this and things will come out good for us one day. And the reason we're in this situation further, we also have to bring up this current current case with uh, CVC. So ah uh, yes, I had that written down. So earlier this month. La Liga agreed a 2.7 billion euro deal with a private equity firm, CVC. Uh, CVC is going to hold a 10% stake and the deal will, will give basically values La Liga as an entirety at 24.3 billion, right? And there is a huge disagreement between Real Madrid and Barcelona and this deal. Barcelona and Real Madrid have rejected it. Uh, this deal basically give CVC 10% stake in most of La Liga's business. For 50 years. Let's put yeah. that out there as well. Yeah. Uh, and <laughs> the the way, uh, so I'll read this. FC Barcelona considers the operation that has been announced and not fully sufficiently discussed with the clubs, that the amount is not congruent with the year of duration and the deal affects parts of all clubs' audiovisual rights for the next 50 years. Audiovisual rights, broadcasting deals, right? <laughs> Uh, so Barcelona and Real Madrid say this deal is not nearly enough money for the amount of time you want to sew this up and we don't want to do it. Uh, those within La Liga very much say Barcelona and Real Madrid are so set against this because they would prefer to argue, um, have their own have their own broadcasting, auction their own broadcasting rights individually from the rest because Barcelona and Real Madrid, as far as they are concerned, like, well, we're the reason why so much money is given to La Liga because people don't pay for La Liga, they pay for Barcelona and Real Madrid games. Right. Um, so that was the accusation given by La Liga. There's also this whole thing about the fact that Barcelona, Real Madrid, and Juventus have also gone, like, we still believe in the Super League. We're going to try that again. We have absolute faith in that project. 
So there's this whole fight as to all of La Liga signed up to CVC, apart from Barcelona and Real Madrid. Um, Barcelona doesn't want to sign the CVC thing. So La Liga's like, fine, okay, we are not going to allow you to register your players or to keep Messi. We're going to stringently enforce the salary rules. And it's this civil war that seems to be going on. Now, the thing I've just told you about La Liga saying, okay, well then, if you won't sign this deal, we will just properly enforce the rules. Take that with a little bit of pinch of salt. The fact that Barcelona believed that the rules could be ignored exactly. and that it's only... And the fact that Barcelona thought that they could easily ignore the rules and the fact that the rules up until this point have often been waved away from Barcelona and Real Madrid says a lot about the running of La Liga and the civil war between gentlemen like Florentino Perez, Javier Tebas, at Bartomeu, and now Laporte. This is, is a... This, isn't, that, isn't that the... That's almost the biggest story here. If Barcelona and Real Madrid signed the CVC deal, all of the rules could have been bent in their favor. What does that say about all of the other things that have happened or haven't happened considering Mm -hmm. Spanish football? Does that make sense? Like, Yeah. And I'd say not just considering Spanish football. I'd say considering just years worth of legislation and negotiation between large football clubs and their ruling institutions, right? We talk about how many times clubs like a like a Chelsea or like a Manchester United or like a Manchester City more recently have essentially avoided transfer bans or got away with light slaps on the wrist for things like tapping up or whatnot. And the fact that this this is a moment where everyone's gone, you know what? Not this time. And the the fact that the person who is going to be the example, is Lionel Messi. Mm-hmm. Heck of a thing. Heck of a thing. All right. What do you say? Well, I'll, I'll say what I say first. People are coming out, and when I say people, nebulous people, uh, Twitter. When you say people, <laughs> you mean people on Twitter. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the, the Twitter sphere. At least, uh, as far as I'm connect, insofar as I'm connected to Barcelona, I've seen many blame Laporta for this, as as well as Bartomeu. Basically, all of uh, Barcelona and their hierarchy and structure, but a, a healthy percentage of which would go to Laporta, in no small part due to the fact that his presidency was hinged or marketed on the fact that I will be able to keep Messi. So I don't know if you saw this when they were doing the elections, but he came with like a like a mannequin with a messy jersey on it, and he was basically being the godfather. Like I'll I'll give you an offer you can't refuse. There's no way he could have made Messi sign, but he had to give the perception that he could make Messi sign in order to get into the right position. I'll, I'll put it this way: I th- he had to play the politician games, mm-hmm. and it's not lie. But, it's essentially it's but, essentially but the same I, thing when uh, when any politician says we are going for an Olympic bid or we are going for a World Cup bid or exactly. we are going for a thing. I, I would I would frame where it, that... he 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 perhaps oversold his ability to sign Messi in order to get into the presidency. Now, I think if Bartomeu was still in charge or somebody who had his mindset, that Barcelona would have signed the CVC deal because that would have saved Messi. And in saving Messi, it saves me. But Possibly. but 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 Laporta, I think, is doing what's in the best interest of Barcelona. 
maybe not what's in the best interest of Spanish football, but in terms of what's best for Barcelona, is to keep hold of their own television, uh, just their media rights. But somebody else would have sold Barcelona to save themselves or to save face for themselves. So, yeah, he, he oversold his ability to sign Messi in order to get into that position. But him being in that position is probably what's best for the club long term. Yeah, yeah. I think Messi leaving, unfortunately, it's, it's the idea that, and I'm sure you've felt this before, Daniel, where sometimes your football team has a horrible loss, right? You get absolutely thumped. You lose 4-0, 5-0, 6-0. And it happens. And you're first angry about it. But then you go, I'm glad that's happened because that meant all the problems we were hiding before have come up to the surface. We can't keep coasting and can't keep nicking our 1-0 wins, hoping we can sustain our form. Now we've had this really bad defeat. We need to step back and focus on everything that's gone wrong. So basically every Arsenal fan TV interview ever. Possibly. I mean, I, as a Manchester United <laughs> fan, as a Manchester United fan, I had the feeling after they lost 6-1 against Spurs where I went, that's awful. I hate this. But also now we can have a conversation about what are you going to social us doing? We can have a conversation about how this well, defense works. No, so this is have... like this is this is this is your time with Jose Mourinho, isn't it? Like hopefully yeah. all these losses will <laughs> accumulate no. into him being. No, gone. I'm not. I'm not necessarily, no, not necessarily saying I want this person fired, but necessarily saying this is the this is the bad thing that's happened that can reveal all uh, of the okay. nonsense okay. that's been going on. Uh, right? And it's not necessarily you want people fired, but essentially this is going to hurt and. I hated watching my team lose 6-1 and I hate my team losing 4-0 to, to Chelsea on the Mourinho and that I hate every time my football team loses properly. But you do have that thing where when your team loses largely, there uh, tends to be a moment where everyone regroups and gone and went, all right, all the problems we were kind of ignoring, we have to confront. And I think this is that on a much larger scale. All the problems Barcelona had for the better part of five, six years, they now need to confront. Why have they spent so much money? on players like Anton Griezmann. No disrespect to Griezmann, but why have they spent so much money on players that play in Messi's best position, right? Why did they spend so much money on Philip Coutinho? You know, where are the academy players? True. Mes MSN was really good, but it did also cover up the fact that there were no new players coming through La Masaya. And now it's this thing of, wait. Or, the, you... or that their whole midfield was homegrown. Yeah. They yeah, didn't, and... they didn't, well, obviously you spend money on like beds and food and coaches, but, you know, Busquets, Xavi, Iniesta, you don't need to spend 70 million, 80 million on Dion because you got talent in house. Where are the La Masia products? Or well, if you do spend 70 million, if you do spend 70 million on, on Dion, you don't also need to spend a ridiculous amount of money on our tour. Or if you do bring in our tour and Dion, then you need to move on Coutinho. And it's that thing of player trading. And you know, you're a basketball fan, Daniel, so you understand what player trading is. It's not so much just the players you bring in, but also the players you move out. And moving out players is a skill of its own, right? Yep. And Barcelona, as we've just proved, are terrible at player trading. Well, and they they got away with it for so long because Messi held it together, right? Messi is the one the greatest free the greatest free kick taker on the planet currently playing right now. He's possibly the greatest passer of the ball on the planet right now if not of all time. He's probably one of the greatest forwards of all time right now. Well, he's the, great, well, the greatest forward on the planet right now, if not the great one of the greatest of all time. And Messi could cover those things up because you just ask Messi, can you do more of this? And he can co cover the burden. He can, sh he can cover up the fact that spending 17 million on a washed Arturo Vidal problem isn't the best idea. Or spending 35 million on a Paulinho so he can do a Frank Lampard-esque job for two seasons is a massive waste of money when you probably should be bringing through some new talent. He's really good deodorant. 
This is the th- yes, that is fantastic. You. He's fan- Messi is the greatest footballing deodorant of all time, and he should never have been deodorant. Exactly, he should be like <laughs> like a good cologne or something. Like you, you got on your suit, you took a shower, then you put on the cologne. It's like, oh, now we're at a different level. But Barcelona stink, and he's just he can make you smell not bad. And all of those problems have now come to light, and you have to deal with them. And this might. It's my thing for Barcelona fans, but also I, I as I said before, I think I don't, the squad see, isn't. I, I, I don't I, think the squad is that bad that exactly, they're going to immediately yeah, drop out yeah, the Champions League. Yeah, I think it's yeah. gonna it's gonna hurt, right? It, it may sting to watch Real Madrid or indeed Atletico Madrid continue their placing in the Spanish league for a bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, it may take not, it may take a managerial change or maybe more than one managerial t- change, but Barcelona will come back because Barcelona have often come back before, but the Barcelona that we know it, that that we know it is gone and Damn. it needs to be rebuilt. And that's painful. So, so two things to build on that. Well, maybe one is subtracting. They'll be good if they can register the players. So if you can, I, I didn't, I just heard about Aguero's injury just now when you said it, I didn't know about that, but the pie looks really good in preseason. Mm-hmm. They need to. They need him. So I, whoever you got to get rid of, get rid of them and get in Memphis because Memphis looks like he's playing at a pretty good level. But this, this is perhaps the bigger problem. When you have f- fiscal mismanagement on this scale, and you're giving players who maybe put put it this way, if you're Griezmann and you're making the money that you're making, and Barcelona say, you know what? I think it's time to it's 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 time to break. We need to sell. And he's like, "All right, find me a place that can pay me what I'm being paid or somewhere close to it." They've so mismanaged his contract that there was no club on earth who would give Griezmann anywhere near you'd be hard-pressed to find a club that would give Griezmann half of what he's making. Mm-hmm. You can't move those players. Umtiti if he wanted to leave and he if he's on let's let's make up a random figure. Let's say it's 150 a week. If let's say Leon wanted to buy him back, we're willing to give you fifty, Umtiti. And I think what's interesting level. is why 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 would I give up one third of what I'm on? I can't. So if, even if Barcelona wants to maneuver, mm-hmm. the the contracts that are in place are so hard to move. You you can't restructure Griezmann's deal except with Barcelona. Like, but but this is the only way that this could happen, and this happens in baseball quite often. Is a player has a bad contract, and what the club will do is we will offer to pay you more money, but over a longer period of time. You know, so the only way you could really fix Griezmann's contract is like, look, we owe you, let's make up a number, we owe you a hundred million. Mm-hmm. We'll pay you one fifty, but we'll add a year or two, and you'll make more money over the length, but in the shorter term, your salary will be decreased. And that's how you could maybe get the money back. I don't know how football finance works in that sense, but that's it's an idea. Basically, the only way you can fix it is by spending more money, but over the longer term. Like this, the, the way that <laughs> I <laughs> I looked up the Barcelona wages like the other day, mm-hmm. I was like, okay, so how how messed up is this? And when you look at the money, it's just like, damn. It, it Messi's Messi kind of makes sense. Like when you see the number, like one. One million three hundred thousand euros a week. Seventy million is a hell of a contract. But for Messi, it's kind of like I, I get it because he's helping you guys not die. But for other players, it's just like really, how did how? 
How did y'all spin that? What kind of agents do you have? Or who was in charge? It goes back to Bartomeu. Yeah. And, I, and I hope he has been, a bodyguard. I, there's been comments from, from, again, I say from, you know, from what I've seen on Twitter, there have been comments from Barcelona <laughs> fans saying, it's no surprise that when Bartomeu came in, Pep Guardiola went, I'm out. And I th- I th- you're completely right. These these wages are ridiculous. And, and to bring it back to COVID, it's not just Barcelona, right? It's not just Barcelona that have what we're essentially seeing this summer. And we'll probably see, we saw this summer, we saw in the January, we saw the summer before that. And we'll probably keep getting until the World Cup in 2022, or maybe even up to the next Euros in 2024, mm-hmm. is they are all these clubs stockpiled players and paid them, paid big money and big wages for players and they have nowhere else to go, right? And I think the way I think about it was, I'd say 20 years ago, if you were a good player and you emerged at a club like Everton or you emerged at a club like Southampton, you would get three or four seasons at that club, you know, right? Mm-hmm. So Wayne Rooney had a decent amount of ch- time at Everton. I think it was two seasons, but... You're right. And this is the th- so this is the thing, right? You used to get... Wasn't he, wasn't he 16 not, and that's, 17? That's not a great amount of time. Right? Wayne Rooney had two seasons at, at Everton and Man United bought him. Uh, Luke Shaw had two seasons, maybe a season and a half at Southampton, and then Man United bought him. Whereas now what you're seeing is a player has one good season, they're gone. Right? So, Frankie, that Ajax team of Frankie was right. de Jong... It was two seasons, yeah. Yep. That Ajax team of Frankie de Jong... And Mateus Licht broken up after one after that one breakout season. The Monaco, Monaco team had a, yeah. the Monaco team has a great season. That's broken up immediately. We're now seeing Atalanta keeps is being picked off here and there. We've we've now seeing the Inter Milan team. That's just one. The Scudetto is being Oof. is being broken up. We'll uh, Luka Jovic is a really good example, right? Luka Jovic pops up on the scene as a really good season at Red Star Belgrade, um, or the club that we used to refer to as West Star Belgrave. He has a good season there. Then he gets shipped off to Benfica. Doesn't do well because he doesn't speak the language and he's times up like for training. So then he goes, he's like, I, I, I need something. Then he goes to Frankfurt. And then we said on this podcast, and they were playing Chelsea, that some, you know, Real Madrid looked like they're going to buy him. I, I think I said it, and then you backed me up here, where we went, are we sure Jokic is ready for this move to go to Real Madrid? Because I, I went, if you look at his history, he plays best when he's surrounded by either countrymen or people from people who could speak Serbian or people from the Balkan region. And then we went, he's going to go to Real Madrid. It's probably not going to work out because I don't see many Balkan pe- speakers there. I, I think you mentioned something about Luka Modric, Modric yeah. might help him. But other than that, that's about it. And we went, this is not going to work out. And now it's not worked out, right? Real Madrid have spent, I want to say at least 30 million on them. They spent, Real Madrid spent 60 million euros on this man. <laughs> The shock in your voice. They spent 60 million on him. And we were on this podcast going, I'm not sure about this one. Yeah. And then, you know, doesn't have a great first season. COVID happens, lockdown happens the, during the 110, 115 day break between football. Jovic's uh, pandemic is so bad, he's criticized by both the Serbian prime minister and the Serbian president because he yeah. broke COVID law too many times. It's only in January where he gets loaned back to Frankfurt. And it seems as if Jovic, my apologies, I get his name. Jovic, it seems as if he can only really work in Frankfurt because that has the correct sort of off the field situation that allows him to play football. So Real Madrid have spent 60 million on a player who had 
one good season, one and a half good seasons on loan to Andrew Frankfurt. And he's on huge wages. Who's going to buy him? Andrew Frankfurt will definitely want to keep him, but they're not going to pay anywhere yeah. close to 60 million for him. All these clubs went, it doesn't matter if we spend 60 million on this player now because there might be a chance they cost 120 uh, million a year from now. I, I hear or, you. And that, you can't do that anymore. Chelsea are good at, I mean, Chelsea are really good at player trading. And I'm using the word trading because they're very good at selling them as well as buying in players. Liverpool have also got very good at selling players as well as buying them. There's a really good article on Football 365 that basically says you should never break your transfer record for a Liverpool player because you're getting scammed. Um, so yeah, Liverpool have been really good at, you know, the deferred payment they spent on getting Thiago for 30 million, but then they also go off and sell Dominic Solanke for 19 million to Bournemouth. Like, <laughs> Liverpool have been good at that. And that's why when Liverpool spend loads of money on a player that's unwanted, you don't quite notice because they can sell and keep sales sustainable. Yeah. Chelsea are good at that as well. But <clears throat> I'd say if you look at every single Champions League qualifying club from Europe's top five leagues, there is probably at least two players on big money that they want to move this summer that they will not move, right? Yeah. Jesse Lingard. Man United probably want to sell him. He's on hundred grand a week, and United will probably want something between upwards of twenty five million for him. Which so means he, he, pre- he did which means he's probably well not on loan. He did too yeah. well on loan. Which means he's probably not going to go anywhere because any club that do- that does want him probably won't be able to afford him. Manchester yep. United right now have Brandon Williams. He's their backup fullback, and they would like him to go on loan to somewhere. And Southampton were interested in him. Brandon Williams is on sixty five thousand pound a week. Good for him. Off the- off the back of good for him, but he's on sixty-five thousand pound a week. Off the back of half a se- good season in that nineteen twenty, and there's just the market has been the top tier is now suffering a crumble because the middle has absolutely crumbled. You cannot keep going. It doesn't matter if they're not good at this football club because Everton will buy you because Everton's not going to do that no more. Yeah, you cannot keep going. It's fine because Wolves will get you or Spurs will buy you, right? I know I don't know what powerful hoodoo Chelsea has over Arsenal, but the days of Arsenal spending money on an unwanted <laughs> Chelsea player look to be over. I mean, I think I think Chelsea ruined that one. <laughs> it started with is it Gallus? That didn't work. Check that didn't work. David Louise and William. You got William just now. Yeah, William was like the last straw, man. You can't give up William and expect <laughs> somebody to come back to the well. Like they've been thoroughly poisoned. One one last thing, and it goes to it goes to this. I read a stat today that said only three players in La Liga have been bought for over 10 million euros. So Atletico bought DePaul from, I don't know where where he's from, but he's the Argentinian international that had a decent Copa America. And Villarreal, I think, maybe that's due to Europa League winnings or whatever the case. But only three players in the whole league have been bought for more than 10 million. So that's just the state of Spanish football. like. Yeah, that's remarkable. Nah, I, it's from Zach Lowy breaking the lines. Shout out to him, but you know who knows that it could change any day. But I think that's what I read. I think it's a good point, and I think what you're seeing now is the Premier League is proving more resilient compared to Europe's top five leagues because the strength of the broadcast deal, right? So there, there, there's just been so much investment on broadcasting the Premier League right now. Yeah. I think. Grace on football, shout out to her. 
she's an amazing football journalist. Uh, I'm really enjoying her newsletter and England retrospective. But she made the point that the amount of money Amazon spent for their football games is less money than HBO spent to make the final season of Game of Thrones. Damn. Right, but if you want to talk about how expensive, you know, what's the most expensive TV show? Every time numbers? they say, what, what, yeah, but what are those numbers? Every time if, you if say, you oh, I do not have them to hand right now. Okay. But if we talk about, if you're watching Game of Thrones or you're watching what's you know, quote unquote, prestige television with with film like budget, and you're saying this is the most expensive TV episode ever made, understand that episode is cheaper than broadcasting a Premier League game. And that is why the Premier League is able to do the things they are able to do. That's why Everton could pick up Hamas Rodriguez. That is why mm. Aston Villa have picked up Leon Bailey. That is why you don't necessarily need to be in the Champions League spots or even the Europa League spots as a Premier League club to go out and buy the best player from the top of Serie A or the top of the Bundesliga. And that means the Premier League right now is the global the Premier League right now is the global leader in terms of broadcasting? It's, it's now it's now the global superpower in terms of coaching. I think any coach or any player that is on the rise right now, you will probably have to pass through the Premier League a little bit, which then means the best tactical ideas and the best tactics you will see will eventually pop up at the Premier League at some point in time. I'm really glad Have Hope wasn't here to say that because I'm sure he would have told me off for that and talk about the technical ability <laughs> of La Liga. But I, you know, like I've said before, if you if you gave if I went list the top ten managers in the world, I'd say five of them currently operate in the Premier League. You know, name the twenty best players under the age of twenty three. You'd probably put in two or three Premier League players and, and so on and so forth, right? And this is this is and I'm putting this in air quotes good for the Premier League in that their bubble has been stronger and able to resist COVID and close the whole football outside of everything else. That doesn't it's... mean that bubble will last forever. And that doesn't mean if you peek underneath that bubble, there isn't a complete amount of chaos going underneath. I've said this on this podcast before. League One stopped existing between April and August 2020. And we all just pretended that was fine. And now League One and League Two have a salary cap. Uh, that is going to cause strange things on that part of the football period. And we're, we're hoping that turns out okay. And yeah, look, we can talk about Barcelona having 95% weight to turnover ratio or 110% weight to turnover ratio. If you look at the majority of the clubs in the championship right now are operating on 90%, possibly more than 100%. Right? All, a lot of championship clubs are going, we are all in right now and we basically need to get promoted. Otherwise it's going to implode. And there's a lot of clubs getting relegated right now going we have to get straight back in there otherwise we're not going to be able to cover these finances if we look at the clubs that got relegated in 1920 so Bournemouth <laughs> Watford and Norwich and then you look at the teams that got promoted to the Premier League this season yeah. Watford Norwich and now Brentford and bear in mind Bournemouth got to the playoff semi-finals as well mm. so we sp again, Bournemouth got promoted to the Premier League at just the right time because they were able to take advantage of the increase in broadcast money from BT Sport, and they were able to. They were one of the richest ever clubs to be promoted. Right now, I mean, last season it was a quote unquote good time to be relegated because because you were behind closed doors, you didn't actually lose too much money, and because everyone else was not the richest, it meant you could probably hold on to most of your good players. So, Emi Buendia, far too good for the Championship, was the best player in the Championship last season, and a number of the teams that got relegated that held on to their best players and sprang straight back up 
but that doesn't mean you're going to be immune to this forever. And it, I think all of football right now is very precarious and looking in need of a reboot. And I don't think that reboot is going to be made with people who have the interests of the many at heart. I think they're going to, I think like many things, when things get desperate, people start acting in terms of self-preservation rather than Bro, to look like, after everyone else. The Super League was an idea because of this very thing. If yeah. You, the 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 teams who most quickly left the Super League were who? Chelsea and Manchester yep. City. Why? Yep. Because once they, they the saw that once, exactly once they saw that, oh, I don't think the fans are really in on this, they pulled back, which then led to Liverpool, United, uh, Tottenham, Arsenal pulling back. And then the Italian clubs left, bar barring Juventus. The German clubs and French clubs weren't even in it, but Madrid. Barcelona, Juventus, they're looking at this and they're thinking, okay, so especially Juventus must be furious. So we've won Serie A for the past nine years, mm -hmm. and the teams who get relegated in England make more television money than us? How? Mm -hmm. How does that work? Now, you could go to broadcasting, marketing, the lower of the Premier League. You know, we've talked about... <laughs> <laughs> kind of the, the the groundwork that was done in the 16, 17, 18, and 1900s to make sure that everybody knew English and you have an attachment to, you know, the, the mother country or the, I don't really like that language, but, um, you know, yep. in order to get yourself on a footing that you think you should be, is it worth blowing everything up? And for them, I'm sure they're like, you know what, if we can get 20, 30, 40, 100, 200 million more euros... We're, we're going to do the, what we have to do for us. The Super League was a bad idea. It was a bad idea and was a bad solution to what is a much bigger and far worse problem that football has, which is rampant hypercapitalism, destroying the game and hollowing it out and creating a world of have and have nots, much like everything we've got in the world right now. Which rampant hypercapitalism is an interesting phrase because it's just capitalism. Like you don't have to make it rampant or hyper. It just is what it is. You've, you've got you got a good point. This this is this is essentially how capitalism operates. But exactly, our... exactly. Messy at PSG makes you feel what? Sad. <laughs> I'm happy. I'm a... <laughs> see. I watch French sad, football. Sad, more but like I... we've spoken before, we all started watching French football more when Neymar went over. But well, I, and... I, I watch French football because I like listen to the commentary because I'm trying to oh, prove cool. my French. So I've been watching French football for like years. This is great. It'll be exciting. It'll it. be exciting, but also makes me the romantic side of me is sad. Oh yes, of course. Yeah. Again, I wrote down PSG aren't the wizards. <laughs> well said. This might be the greatest transfer window of all time. Donnarumma, Hakimi, Wijnaldum, Ramos, Messi, and I think they've only they've only paid sixty million for Hakimi. The rest, all, mm -hmm. the, all, all the other four are free. Mm. Free and you know, you're paying wages and all that kind of stuff. But Donnarumma, Ramos, Ronaldo, and Messi, free mm. transfers. Which mm -hmm. means if they want, they still have enough money to go get somebody. Koulibaly is being linked. If you, use, FIFA, the greatest... if you use PSG in FIFA 22, you're bad-minded and I want you to go I know. <laughs> I, I say that, but in FIFA 20. I beat the seasons online by using yeah. Neymar, <laughs> Mbappe, and Cavani. <laughs> you bad, bad mind. You're running from the grind. Running from the grind. I'm bad at, 
look, I tried to use Chelsea, okay? I tried to stick to my roots, but... Running look, from man. the grind. Morata was grind. not it. Morata was not it. Or who was my striker? I don't know who my striker was, but it wasn't. It was not. I was using Bashawai and Giroud. Now that I think about. Um. All right. Yeah. I'm. I'm happy. I'm excited. I want to see what it's like. I never thought Messi would play in a different league. Maybe like MLS or something like that. Or I didn't. I didn't see Messi play in a different league. So another top five league. Let's go. Let's see what happens. Maybe, Maybe last summer I thought maybe Manchester City if he got what he wanted, but. Yeah, him playing with France, especially the the financial situation that French football was in. If you know anything mm-hmm. about the television rights deal that yep. they had with Media Pro and how that tanked, and how Canal Plus came in, and basically a lot of teams in France were having to sell. The now that you have Messi in that league and everything that 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 comes with that, his his press conference yesterday where he was leaving, like if you looked at the the live stream mm-hmm. on YouTube, there's like seven hundred thousand people watching it live. Like, imagine having the power to get 700,000 people to watch this thing at once on YouTube. Mm. That's it's insane. It's just an, it's another level of celebrity and power. So, for that to be in the French league, I think they could be able to capitalize. Not that that's necessarily a good thing, but uh, they should be able to, <laughs> you know, it, it puts them on a, on, on a different level. And rest, uh, shout out to ESPN who, who it bought puts the it top. Who, it puts the top on a different level. I also it, feel, I mean, I feel really bad for. Leo, right? They've just won the league. They created, they won the league in an incredible manner. I feel being good PSG. for them. And they more, just... more people are going to be able to watch the Barack Yomazes and Davids and Kones and like there's just so many more people are going to be exposed to the talent that's in French football just because they care what, about Messi or what PSG oh, is about. So for, so. so for me, it's a good thing. And and I don't think Messi's dealt with French football like. The, the idea, <laughs> the idea that that Messi French is going to be good. No, the, the the no, I mean like on the pitch, okay. Messi hasn't been going against people from Senegal, Mali, Ivory Coast, who are trying to feed their families. This is this is a different level <laughs> of of football here than than what La Liga is giving you. Amazing. So yeah, I'm I'm really excited. But okay. all right. Lukaku to Chelsea. We'll we'll talk about that when it happens, if it happens next week. I saw him with the jersey doing. Yeah, um, I don't know if I'll come back next week, so you get all your questions in now. So just quickly, who do you think wins the Premier League this season? At this point in time, I'm going yes. to say Chelsea. I think Lukaku swings at Chelsea's way until City get a striker. If Kane goes to City, who's your pick? It's it, it's Manchester City. It, I, I don't even think it necessarily has to be Harry Kane. I think it, it's just get a striker. I'm, I think Kane is going to City because I think Latoura Martinez is going to Spurs. What Inter are doing, I've never seen anything like this. You lose your best three players and your manager in the mm-hmm. same summer. This this goes to what's happening with China and their their thing about pulling back from football. It's a whole thing, but we'll, we'll maybe get into that next week. Um, so, yeah, I'm picking City. But for now, as it stands, the Carl's going with Chelsea. Have hopes called for a quadruple, so we'll we'll assume he's he's thinking Chelsea. <laughs> he loves calling for a quadruple. Um, who's who, who do you have winning La Liga? Um, Atletico Madrid. It's theirs. It's theirs title until proven otherwise. Yeah. They, you know what? I'm gonna pick they, Barcelona. I, Barcelona have, that would be Barcelona the most ironic a... thing, man. Go on. Then. Yeah. Go on. Then. 
I just I I need the pie. I just I need the pie. Okay. I'm I'm more excited to watch the pie at Barcelona than almost anything. Um, Serie A, who you got winning Serie A? Juventus. Juventus. Um, it's definitely not going to be Inter. We'll, we'll go Juve. Ten in a row in Germany. Is that what we're going for? Yeah. Okay. Cool. By Munich. By Munich. By Munich. Well run. We've been asking for ten in a row. We thought it was going to be Juventus, but actually, sneakily, in the background, Bayern Munich and PSG. Yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, okay. I'll tell you. All right. Count question. PSG right. by how many points? Low double figures, like 10, 11. All right. So those are those are our winners. We will come back with who's going to get relegated, who's going to make top four next week. But for now, let's do some questions. What are thinking if... Okay. I, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. What are you thinking if you're Sergio Aguero, watching your best friend leave the club right after you joined from Kwesi 20? I mean, there have been reports from outlets not called the athletic so <laughs> i'm being a bit snippy there but there have been reports it's been on some websites uh bleacher report has said something but Bleacher report have said according to other reports so take this with a pinch of salt but apparently sergio guerra has a calf injury or calf strain and will not be available to play until november what you're going to see is a very acrimonious back and forth between club and player until the January transfer window. Oh, you don't think he's going to play for them? I, th- I think I think what you're going to see is mention about contract law and lawyers in the next couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. And this is, again, this is based on I don't know anything for certain. And all I'm going from is things that have been reported in places that aren't the sources I typically go to get these reports. Gotcha. So, On a personal level, I feel like, damn, bro. Like, I came here because you're here, and now you're not here. But we never even got to play together. So it would just be like, damn, man. They but then worse. at the end of the day, it, I'm still at Barcelona. This is it. Right? So that's that's a win in and of itself. But maybe if, if, if Messi, if playing with Messi, especially for a striker, if playing with Messi was like 60%, of what you signed there for to mm-hmm. not have that, I'd feel away. But then it could be filled with other things. Like, hey, I, well, now I can be the guy, provided I'm not injured, provided they can actually sign me. In light of recent events at Barcelona and their debt issues, are salary caps the way forward to ensure clubs live within their means? From Kojo at that uncle of yours. So, um, so, so should we do salary caps? Because you mentioned salary caps in the lower levels of English football. Do you think that's a way forward? I wouldn't hate it. Maybe, right? Like it is so. You cannot install a salary cap in the same way we. Inst- I think there's been a lot of sessions to have salary caps like in American sport, but as you will tell everyone, American sport is a closed market. You, it's very hard to get traded out of the NBA, whereas because there are so many different independent leagues and they trade in and out with each other, that yeah. becomes very difficult you see transfer caps i would never go for i like the idea that you have to pay however much money for a player like that's cool salary is a bit different though just wage structures i feel like leagues could do that like the most you can pay your 
your squad of players in a week is 2 million euros and you have to figure out a way to do that. But if you want to trade one player for uh, 100 million, fine. If you want to trade one for 1 million, fine. Like there, there shouldn't be too much regulation, I don't think, on how much a player is worth. But the wages, I feel like you could structure that in a way that it's like it's a hard cap. Yeah, I, I, I which which I think would help disperse more talent in mm-hmm. in more places, which would be a net benefit, I think, for most. I I don't know how you install this right well, now. Yeah. yeah, I don't think that should be an excuse to not install some form of financial regulation. Right, just because it's difficult doesn't mean we should never try. Um, you know what? And there it definitely can, needs to be some be form of. Fun. It has to it has to come from the leagues themselves. Kind of like what La Liga was up to. Like, look, you guys can't sign Messi because there's it's too much. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like that's yeah. good. It's just that you kind of you have to know when is this starting, when is this ending, so we can order this. When or we can structure when is, it. Yep. And how do you make sure that it doesn't further entrench the current status quo? Right. So you talk that's about that's why I would leave is, the transfers open. You know why we talk? We talk about you know this is ninety five percent of Barcelona's waste to turnover ratio. Mm-hmm. This is the turnover that Barcelona can make because because Messi is so important. You know, mm. and, and like Barcelona is able, Barcelona's turnover is so high because they have Lionel Messi, and people want to watch Lionel Messi, and people will pay money to have Lionel Messi walk around a football pitch while their advertisements around. When Messi goes, that turnover is going to dip. Which means the wages we need to dip further. Um, so that's another thing that needs to be considered. It's also a thing if you say every football club needs to hit seventy percent wage to turnover, right? You can't just do a blanket thing above the board because blah 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 blah. Manchester United's going to have bigger turnover because Manchester United already have a pre-existing global brand. You yeah, essentially, if it's, to... if it's all relative, then who's up is staying up. Yeah, yeah. So you need to... this is, but again, this is what I say: it's going to be hard to put in a wage cap. That's not an excuse to say a wage cap shouldn't happen. And I am very sure there is someone at The Athletic or other websites trying to work out how an imaginary wage cap would work. I think we've got one article on The Athletic right now as to how if you took La Liga's wage cap rules and put them on the Premier League, what it would look like. So if anyone's got an athletic subscription, I recommend you check that out. Two more questions. Quick ones. How much is an Olympic medal worth to one's legacy from Gowan 69 uh, in in a footballing sense, I think it's it's still really important. Uh, so obviously, Olympic football, you have to be on the age twenty three, or you have to be a designated player. Um, I again, you have to. I don't care too much about players' legacies in so much that until a player tells me they care about their legacy, I don't care about it. So if Danny Alves says winning this Olympic, winning back to back Olympic gold medals is amazing because it shows my longevity and it shows this and this, great. If Danny Alves doesn't win Olympic gold, I'm not going to say, oh, Danny Alves hasn't got an Olympic gold medal. And I think that's what it is. I think the absence of Olympic gold medal doesn't add to anything, but also the addition of Olympic gold medal adds a little bit. Yeah, yeah, I would put it that way. By the way, I think the only major, if we want to consider the Olympic major competitions, Nigeria and Cameroon have both won this thing. So, So I'm not going to say it doesn't mean anything. Because no. that's where Africa's done their best. Exactly. <laughs> I think was it two thousand? What was the one Messi won? Was that two thousand eight? Yes. Yeah, Nigeria finished second in that one. 
Then they won in 96, obviously, when they beat Brazil, and I forget who they beat in the final. It was Argentina. It was Argentina. And what was the other one? Cameroon. Cameroon beat Spain in 2004 or 2000. It was 2000. Um, so, yeah. I mean, you know, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to throw those gold medals away. They're important. Um, by the way, Canada got a gold medal in the women's. Yeah. So, so shout, out to, shout out to the ladies. Women's Olympic football has a completely different history. And I think an Olympic gold medal means more. Yeah. Yeah. There. Um, and I think that victory for Canada and the subsequent and the not victory for the United States women's team and the not victory for team Great Britain and the deep run Sweden did are big deals that should be celebrated and or investigated if you wish. Um, last question. Why do play why are players so dull on social media? Every <laughs> post every post seems to be some generic version of good to get three points or We'll do better next time from Black Emoji. How how many players are actually running their social media accounts? They're, uh, I mean, that's actually actually a legitimate question. Like, of of the players that you've been in close contact with the past couple years, or three years at this point, how many players are actually running their social media accounts rather than having some assistant run it? Let's use an example. Phil Foden, right? So Phil Foden, Manchester City beat Bayern Munich in the Champions League and they know they're going to play Paris Saint-Germain in the next round. And a tweet goes out from Phil Foden's Twitter account that says, see you in the next round at Kylian Mbappe handshake. That tweet is up for two or three minutes. And then the very next day, there's an article in some British newspapers saying Phil Foden was disgusted and horrified that tweet went out from his account and that he Phil Foden announced that he would be you know departing from the people that run his social media accounts. In the end, Manchester City beat PSG. So that's a nice tweet to have anyway. Um, but that that is a I think during this spell, uh, Gary Neville said, I don't understand why players give it out you know let their let other people run their social media we want to see you all have character but then gary neville has also criticized football players for tweaking about stuff that isn't football i think you don't see too many football players show their personality on social media because i don't think football and the football world wants football players to have a personality i think there is far too much to lose Mm. financially speaking and far too much it's far too is there's far too much to lose financially and far too much controversy to be started by some of the most innocuous of statements. The the idea that you can spot if a I think this guy actually tweeted that. Like I think this is actually him. Like I get that feeling, which means it the 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 reverse must be more common. That ah, this is just somebody that's tweeting it for him. Which means if you're having professional people who like this is their job to put out tweets or Instagram posts or whatnot. Obviously, these people must go to some school or class, or there must be some sort of groupthink in this arena to where they're all going to kind of sound the same because this is what a professional social media person does. We're not here to have a personality or anything like that. Your Twitter page, your Instagram page, it's all for branding. It's to make sure, you know, 
you know, you can get a better Nike contract or Adidas contract or Puma contract, or, you know, we have a presence on social media so we can do some branding deal with the, I don't know, do they still be yeah. flat tummy yeah. tea or whatever yeah. it is like yeah. social like media? That's, that's, that's what so, so, like the, doesn't Cristiano make like however many thousands per Instagram post? Like that's the point of his social media. It's not to interact with fans, it's mm-hmm. to make money. So, Cristiano Ronaldo's so bio I, basically I need a professional terms person and conditions. Let's, let's look right now. If I remember correctly, Cristiano Ronaldo's Twitter bio doesn't mention anything about Cristiano Ronaldo, but instead says about the privacy policy. <laughs> yeah, Cristiano Ronaldo's Twitter bio is this privacy policy addresses the collection and use of personal information. <laughs> he has 93 million Twitter followers, right? This. That's Cristiano funny. Ronaldo's Twitter page is not about Cristiano Ronaldo's personality yeah, as such, but it's exactly. very much this is what I use for marketing. Exactly. Um, at some point on social media, you will amass such a following that even some of the most innocuous statements can be taken as controversial, or provocative. So, right. if a football player was to tweet, "I like pizza," some you know he's going to get a hundred football fans say, "What pizza do you like?" And there's going to be a thousand football fans saying something like. Noodles is better. <laughs> and I'm sure even if you wanted to have a personality on Twitter, I'm sure you probably have a point where like, why why am I doing this? All these people here are me. And I think yeah. I mean, again, to to sort of go back on myself, I think you could probably see a lot more about football players' personalities on Instagram, which is a more visual led medium rather than a written format. But to, and look, some some people don't need to tweet what they think. If 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 all you have is nothing to like put put it this way, I don't need to tweet as much as I do. Most of the Neither things that I. I think are useless things. Some I'd like to think maybe ten to fifteen percent of everything that I post is somewhat profound. The other eighty five percent is useless, and I actually have time to think about what I'm saying. A footballer's job is not to sit and think about thoughts, but if you don't have the time to think, or you're not comfortable then just don't engage and just use it for what it's become useful for, you know, making money. <laughs> like, I, I, I don't want to hear what Cristiano thinks about social issues unless he's actually spent time to think about it. Just, you know, tweet. tweet, tweet, tweet. <laughs> you see, you see that caveat. I want someone to show their personality unless that personality is something I think will be disagreeable. No, well, no, it's, it's the idea that, if Cristiano spent time thinking about something and he's mm-hmm. actually like, yo, I can answer a follow-up question about this thing, then all right, let's hear what you have to say. If not, then just tweet your abs, bro. Does that include everything, right? So if that's that include an athlete you're saying, I don't believe in X. Look, X look, being, if, I mean, X doesn't necessarily have to be a bigoted view, but X could be a view. Such if as, I was a footballer I think, and I came out and said, I think the earth is flat. Thank you. That was what my brain was going to as well. <laughs> and I said, that, I, you know, I, not, I, not quite I bigoted, but like soft earth. benign. <laughs> I believe in flat earth theory. Then probably you shouldn't tweet that unless you can answer like a bag of follow-up questions. Like, why do you believe that? Where did you get this information from? Where's the evidence? Give us some proof. Like, if, if you just believe it and you think it, like that's maybe not good enough to tweet. Mm. Especially for somebody who has something to lose. I don't have anything to lose, really. Except the only thing I have something like the all I have to lose is because I use my real name on Twitter. Like I'm uh-huh. I'm one of those people that I don't like using fake names for things. Like other people who are more anonymous or you know like Carl, you have something to lose now. 
You you just can't tweet reckless. <laughs> you shouldn't anyway. You can go in the WhatsApp group or the DMs, but like publicly facing, like nah, there's 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 too much on the line at this point. You can embarrass your mom, really. Like me, if I tweet something, my mom will never see it. <laughs> but if you tweet something, your mom could see it. Like it could come. My mom, back, like, my mom reads my tweets, so. Oh, what? Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's what I, I. That you know, that's what it is, man. I'm most in, I'm most worried about embarrassing my parents. So anyway. This has been the Talking Texas podcast. It's been fun. Nah, um, your name is still Uncle, on the podcast. So shout out to Uncle Paul. Shout out to everyone that's consistently listened to Talking Tactics throughout the years. I think it's always fun now when I come back and I go. And what's interesting is how many things we talked about in Talking Tactics in 2016, 17 have come to that pass. Are now relevant. Yeah. We were right about a lot of these things. We warned you. Hey. And a world um, that we can warn you about. Quite dangerous. <laughs> There we go. All right. We do this every Tuesday. Remember to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all that. If you're on Spotify, give us a follow. If you're on Apple Podcasts, subscribe. It's free. Leave us a five-star view. We'll read on the show. Check out the Patreon. Carl, where can people get you one last time before we go? You can find me on Twitter at Anchorman616. You can find me on The Athletic Writing, and you can also find me Premier League Productions. If you are not based in the United Kingdom, you can find me on Righty's House on the Ringer Podcast Network as well. Uh, you can also find me in the back of marcus rashford's book you are a champion there we go all right talk attached podcast sometimes funny sometimes serious always football indeed we'll see you guys next week peace 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 sports social podcast network